You're listening to Talk to Tall. This is Talia. I have helped people in varying capacities, whether it was how to get divorced, how to come out of the closet, how to feel better in my own skin, start a new career, move across the country, move across the world, working on their addiction, how to be honest. It's very easy to lie to ourselves. I like to say the truth is erotic. Let me help you find yours. That reminds me, I think it was about 15 years ago, I read a review, I mean, it was an interview with the designer at Bottega Veneta. Mm -hmm. And it was so incredible. I went to the store to see the clothes he was talking about. And it was like serious. He said, you know, when women go to the, to the, um, to the gym, it does not mean that they have to wear, you know, big, shapeless, baggy, sloppy stuff. So, you know, he had done this line of gym clothes. And I went to the store and it was like $7,000 for a sweatshirt or something, you know, <laughs> like, it was like, you know, it was an amazing, like knit, silk knit pants and everything was draped and studied and drawstring with little metal tips and mother of pearl buttons. And it was like luxury sportswear to go to yoga and it just blew my mind because it was a really nice thing to realize whatever you put on your body does not have to be you know i mean listen this sweatshirt was fucking ten dollars or something i don't care but it was just nice to think there are so many levels of what people you know feel comfortable in or feel like they're letting their they're relaxed whatever that means yeah I agree. I, speaking, speaking of um, that, I went to Bergdorf's yesterday. I sent you a, um, a picture of what was on the wall upstairs by the restaurant. I love Bergdorf mainly because I love the history and the story of it. And, you know, yeah. did you see that movie Scatter My Ashes I, at Bergdorf's? I saw trailers. And I, saw, I never saw the whole thing, but it's I, so beautiful. yeah, it's a documentary, isn't it? It is. Yes. It's stunning. yeah. It's yeah. the history of Bergdorf. Gid Obsessed. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. But anyways, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's all about taking, you know, it all comes down to taking care of ourselves. It's almost like a communication with ourselves. How we move through the world is how we're presenting ourselves yeah. in other relationships. And you know, mm -hmm. we're here on for a short period of time. So however you want to present yourself and if you're comfortable in your skin, then you're comfortable in your sweatshirt and you're comfortable in your birthday yeah. suit and you're comfortable in bed with whomever, you know, whomever. And really at the end of the day, we're human beings. Yeah. We really are. I, I remember I worked across the street. I mean, it was 57th street. And for four years, they used to, you know, our bosses now and again, which is like, just pop over to see what's going on. We heard Prada's got a new wedge. And we kind of go up to the shoe department. But just everybody in there, yeah. I mean, the, the sales staff, the customers, it was like a sort of soft porn, luxury, deep pile carpets. Do you know, I mean, it's just the whole lifestyle and wannabe lifestyle. I mean, that's the strange thing. It's like you can relive, or not relive, but like indulge in that fantasy of luxury oh yeah it's a very strange world talia for me because i know people would buy these wedges for nine hundred dollars and thinking that when i'm you know this is going to change my life yeah uh, and then you wear them for a few days and then you realize 
they're just a pair of shoes. They're, you know, it's like a, a mirage yeah. that you realize the whole fashion industry is based on that mirage. Oh, it's so true. But, uh, I don't want to I don't want to be a downer. I'm sure those wedges or that heel or that jacket or that beautiful evening dress make you at that moment feel so good. But um Perhaps. $8,000. Well, it was $8,000. I remember there was one Vera Wang dress and everybody was screaming about it. And this woman fucking lived on Jenny Craig for months to get into this fucking dress. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what, 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 you know, really? Really? What are you going to do in that dress? Wait, I mean, you take, take 700 photographs. I'm going to take it off. Hopefully I'm taking it exactly. off quickly. I'm ripping it off. I mean, Jesus. Jenny Craig, there's two words I haven't heard in many years. <laughs> well, I used to feel so bad. Just a side note. It's very funny because I would, we'd order in and there'd be, somebody would be in the mood for Mexican. I'd be into Japanese. Somebody else would be into this. So there's like 15 people sitting around and, and they didn't all eat together, but there was a kitchen area with a big dining table. And so sometimes I was eating down like a 20-piece sushi tray. And then there'd be three women. I never forget the portion of lasagna was the size of a deck of cards. Tiny. And they would be eating this thing and throwing acid looks at me because I was eating my lunch. And they were so angry. So I ended up just eating at my desk. I couldn't handle the atmosphere. I thought food is such an issue. It's it's restrictive, isn't it? Yeah, and that's the other thing I was saying. As as big as a deck of cards, lucky. That's huge. That's a huge piece of lasagna in my world. <laughs> You're thinking that? Are you serious? Fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I wish. Well, I mean, did you ever hear that one at the time? I remember that was going around. Do you know what they they discovered? What Victoria's Secret was? <laughs> remember? Well, Do you remember what she Victoria? Wear panties. She was. No, Victoria's secret was that she was fucking starving <laughs> all the time. <laughs> well, she definitely Sorry. is. And so is everyone in Milano right now. You know, geez, it's fashion week. Everyone's going nuts. Do you ever, Eating tissue paper. Do you ever yeah. miss all the hoopla? No, there was something on the other day about Anna Wintour, and I just flicked through. And I actually felt a little queasy. She's like a female Hitler. Yeah, it's like she totally. she is so powerful. She is so powerful, and she and she oh yeah, it was her on a stage, in obviously in, in Delorenta or something, you know. And she's telling the whole audience that fashion is so creative, and it's about individuality, and that you're reflecting your inner character and all. That. And it sounds so poetic. It's yeah. Oh, it's a brainwash. Yeah. And I, I you know. It's total brainwash. But, you know, listen, we can't all go around in gray and go around in blue, you know, whatever, you know, the, the army mm -hmm. uh, uniform. But um, Although it's that, just such that a billion... military shop that we used to shop, the army navy surplus in Florence that we used to go to, that, that I still have that scarf you got me. It's fantastic. It is chic as hell. And fantastic. Everyone, everyone asked me where I got it. I said Florence in a military shop. Yeah. You know? I know, but why would you go? I mean, Balenciaga, Gucci, I mean, so many, Marc Jacobs, so many designers, it's like on a rotation. They'll now 
their laser beam focus will be on military jackets. So you'll do this fuck. And you know, I think it's in the Devil Wears Prada. He's Saint Laurent, wasn't it? Who did military jackets, but they did them in blue or something, you know. And it's like six thousand dollars for a jacket, yeah. and then you go to a real army name, you know, and it's like a hundred bucks for a big coat or something, and you just go. There's something not right here. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. Um, it's crazy. And it's just, it is. it's yeah. just, uh, there's a, there's a woman that I just recently met who I really love and she works in the fashion world and she, we, I was sitting mm. with her the other day having a coffee, uh, in the West village and all yeah. these people are walking yeah. by her saying, Oh, hi, hi, hi. And she's like, this is so-and-so's husband. And this is so-and-so's this and that, and this and that. And she goes, do you see, I can't ever rest. Everybody's always talking to her about clothing and this and that. And I said, God, I don't know how you do it. That would be it's crazy. I mean, it's like a drug. I mean, it's that world and parallel worlds, a very New York, you know, parallel worlds, Bergdorf Goodman. I mean, I had a designer friend who, who had a store down on Bond Street. And she said that she used to see, and she was very hip at the time, that limousines would drive all the way down to Bond Street, stop outside the store, go in, buy her jeans. Daryl Kay, you know, buy her stuff and then go straight back to the car and go straight back uptown. They would not go. It was too dirty for them to go downtown, you know, but they would go downtown for certain, you know, moments. But I mean, can we go back to that military store? I love that moment. Yeah. Because they had guys who come in there to get their list to join the army. You know, guys from Naples, guys from Milan, and there's only two military stores in Florence. And I used to go to both of them. But when I brought you there, the two guys, they saw you, I was asking you to try on this. It was kind of like a military vest with all these pockets. <laughs> I think, no, but I think Prada had done something very similar and it was great because you could carry your phone in one, you could carry your notebooks, you could, it was really functional and so cool if you take that out of that store and put it with a pair of, I don't know, whatever, jeans or a, a big coat, you know, you'd wear this under a coat. It was very functional. But the guys were practically masturbating behind the counter <laughs> because they, they'd, never seen, they'd never seen such a hot woman coming into their store. And you were like, you know, I, kind of looking at it and trying on. Do you have a tie? You know, we're trying on different sizes because I really wanted it to be like a kind of like a Laura Croft moment. You know, where like you'd wear this right. really functional, maybe a tight pair of black leggings. I think you were wearing leggings. They were just their eyes were sticking out of their heads, and it was so funny. Oh I wish God. we had that on video. I do too. I wish we had that. I wish we could go yeah. there again. I've been there several times without you. It is so not the same vibe. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, the guys are still there. They've been working there for years. They were very nice. I remember going in there. I would buy my thick wool uh, winter socks, 100% wool, and they're indestructible. Yeah. You know, it's so sad. I remember going into Prada and getting wool socks, and so for some reason, the heels go after a few weeks. Okay. I don't know what why don't they go and get real sheep's wool it's probably like a fake you know that fisherman gnarled wool exactly yeah military shop is the real deal yeah so let me ask you because i told you last week about this pair of loafers i bought and then i thought about it i took pictures of it i showed it to you and i love how even with your historical background and shoes you go let me see the shoes send a picture right now 
oh my God, the shoes. And so we started talking about it. I haven't worn the shoes. I've probably had them three weeks. They're in the closet, but I keep thinking yeah. about them. What do you think is the most important piece of fashion? Is it what you have and how you carry yourself and you can just wear whatever? Or do you think it has to do with having, in my pr opinion, it's having a few staples, like a jacket and shoes or a jacket and a hat but it's not the whole gamut for me. I'm not, I'm not really a fashion-y girl. Yeah. Well, I love that. I mean, whatever you put on your body today as you're going out the door has been a subconscious or a conscious decision. Even if you don't go out in full head to toe anything, that you go out as you go out. And it is a statement. So whether you go to Canal Street or you go uptown or downtown, it says something about your your state of mind or where you are or your refusal to partake in the circus. I mean, I love that. And I, do you know, that's, I'm sure you do. The blue belt moment in the devil wears Prada. Oh God. Surreal. I mean, that is just, says, this is surreal. What, what's the color? Oh, cerulean. Yep. Cerulean. Yeah. But it's just that, you know, that lumpy blue sweater that you're wearing. I mean, I just think, I've thrown on a lumpy blue sweaters and I've gone to really important meetings to to be to be this punk kind of like, fuck you. I'm not even going to play the game. I don't even want to play. But it, in itself, that's a statement. Yeah, it's sort of like a it's like a very strange kind of contradictory statement in a way. But um, I hope I'm making sense. I just remember when I was at Gucci and we would be in meetings with Tom, Tom Ford. So we're going back to the 90s. But I just loved that. There was only six of us in the room and it's design. And he always started with the shoes. Wow. I mean, it was just such a weird... And I love that little detail that he started with the shoes. If you get the right shoe for your outfit for that evening and you feel, okay, we're going to build it around this black high heel pump, whatever it is, um, things just fall into place. Yeah. Do you remember you said you went out the other night and you were wearing a sandal that wasn't fitting you properly? Right. Your whole evening was ruined in a way yep. because you want to feel confident. You want to feel the heel is the right height. I feel right. And then you can wear, a pant. you know, you can always wear a pant that's a little bit too big or a skirt that's too tight, but you can't do it without shoes. Yeah. And I like your suggestion because you know? I've been, I've been Googling and trying to find some way um, to be able to get that that strap in the back from slipping. These shoes are so sexy. Uh, but you're right. I How have sexy to. do they look while they're flipping behind you? They were sexy when I took them off, I can tell you that much. But they were I'm not telling sexy you, really... going down Prince Street. I know, when you look like you're, my bunions are at me. No, not good. I not don't have good. bunions, no. thank God. <laughs> no, well, I have to get, I have to, I have it in my head. I had I had the sketch ready to I know this don't put the slit in this direction you have to put it in that direction to slip the ribbon through so it doesn't rub because if you slip it through in the that your skin is going to rub and it will cause a blister oh. so bear with me I'm going to sketch it up and send it to you by WhatsApp oh because God. it's such a simple thing two little slits and then you thread a ribbon through it, a soft ribbon it'll be so sexy but going back to the um clothing idea the wardrobe i do believe and i really do that there's no reason to buy fashion mm. fashion you know that whole game of oh my god that's from two seasons ago that's so 
you know, or that jacket is, you know, something that's really extreme. It's to find what you like, the right lengths and hem lengths and skirt lengths or pants, jackets, and really grow into that. Yeah. Just really go into that big time. Um, that I think is called style. And I know that's a really overused word, but it's not about style as in this big, oh my God, it's the bar is set so high. It's about getting a mirror and standing in front of it with that jacket and saying, that jacket doesn't do anything for me, yeah. but this jacket is fucking gorgeous. And then just keep buying that kind of jacket and add to it with the skirt, the pant. But you do that already. I think you wear, I've seen you so many times that you will wear an outfit. And I love that. I think it was Chanel said that. That you should remember the woman, that you don't remember the jacket, the the outfit really. Yeah. That you you know you're wearing the clothes, they're not wearing you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have to say, I, I think, don't, yeah. I don't change anything really. I mean, I'm very conscious that this woman is my, in my life now, and when I, you know, when I see her, it's usually in the morning, and I'm headed to the gym. So I, I think I told you this. I have you know, a gym bag that smells like my tennis shoes, like my running shoes. Granted, it is an Alexander yeah. McQueen bag, which is totally irrelevant because I don't really carry bags with labels very much. I have maybe one or two nice bags and the rest of them are just bloody da. But because she's yeah. in my morning and I know she's in fashion and she's going to be very elegantly dressed, I somehow now think, oh, should I wear this you know, vintage t-shirt over my leggings just to kind of hip it up a bit. I can see how yeah. it, it affects women. And honestly, I don't really care about that. I care by far much more what my body looks like than what a, an outfit looks like. Isn't it funny? I mean, and do you know this woman? Or is it just in passing? I do know her. Yes. I'm, I mean, we haven't been friends for a long time. She's, she's lovely. She's lovely. She's not how I picture fashion women in New York at all. She doesn't live in New York. Um, but, uh, she's a lovely woman. And she, I said to her, I know nothing about fashion. She said, most people don't, you know? Well, why should you? I mean, really, why should you? I just think there's such a huge pressure on women. It used to be for women for years. Now it's women and men. Yep. But I just I just want to throw in this story that I remember because I love technical things about how the shoes were made. And, and if you designed something that was really strangely difficult, you'd have to source the right factory. So Mark Jacobs had done this incredible, and I mean, it's quite difficult to explain, but it was like a low heel Audrey Hepburn little silhouette. It was like a shoe. It was a reproduction of a shoe from the 1950s. And it was so beautiful. And the toe was slightly upturned. It was like a Roger Vivier. Yeah. It was like it was like an illustration of a shoe. It was so beautiful. But the fabulous part was that the leather came down over the heel. It was all one piece. And then it was stitched by hand. The sole became part of the heel. So, it, I mean, I almost cried when I saw this shoe in wow. the store. Wow. It, it, you know, and we're going back, I want to say 15 years ago. It was $1,000 for these shoes. They were so like, but when you put them on, it looked like a little loafer. It looked like a really classic, but it had that heel. And I can't even explain it in words, but it was so divine. And it was, let's say it was around $1,000. Now, I saw it in New York. 
And then I went to London to research and I was based in London at the time. And I remember going to a secondhand store in Notting Hill. And it was one of those places where you, yeah. And I saw it there in a, in a charity store and it was in the same season. It wasn't like a year later. So somebody had bought these shoes and I could see by the sole that they'd probably worn them twice or three times. And then they left them into a charity, a Goodwill store. And they were in the Goodwill store for 20 pounds. Oh my gosh. And I just, oh no, I jumped on them. I got them. I put them in the, I went straight to, I paid for them and put them in my bag. I was shaking. I was so, <laughs> I, I was so happy. I was so happy because I had this for my archive yeah. of the most amazing shoe, but I could not. And then was later when I realized there are those people out there that can just buy that, wear it twice and give it to goodwill. And that's the whole industry that, you know, the real, real, this started by a woman, she wore her season pieces and then she put it on the real, real. And now it's a huge store and it's got a huge online e-commerce and she's basically selling last season's everything, men and women, shoes, handbags, jewelry, watches, you name it. And they're still yeah. really expensive. I remember when, and I think I told you this the other day about the Lubus, you know, I was talking to Morris and I said, I got this fabulous pair of Christian Louboutins. And I was telling Morris, I call them Louboutins and he was saying, let me see them, you know. Anyways, I, I, I was thinking about how, yeah, it's just this moment. I haven't even worn them yet. And I thought I was going to return them, but actually I just thought, nah, I'm not going to return them. I'm going to keep them and also keep the name of the other shoe company you told me to purchase a real pair by. <laughs> and, um, you know, but you're right. They all end up somewhere. And I remember when she- Well, we should went, explain. They went, yeah. they went just real quickly. They went from, let's say, an expensive mm -hmm. pair of heels used to be 600 Now they're $1,700 yeah. for a, basically the same shoe. Well, Manolo Blahnik, I remember in the late 80s, well, nine, I'd say mid-90s, Manolo Blahnik on the on the King's Road. It's Church Street, so it's just off King's Road. I remember going in there, I was just, I would just cry because this, he has the perfect balance. The right factory in Italy, in Parabiago, North, they're renowned for making, they're like clouds of air in leather for your feet. So they're very light. And he was, they were like sketches of shoes and he had it down, but he'd been making shoes for years. And then he connected with a partner named George mm -hmm. in the States. And it just became a huge business. <laughs> Excuse me. But his shoes were always at like 500 pounds. Then when it hit America, it just became seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. When you got to the thousand dollars, when it was in crocodile and lizard and expense, you know, exotics, um, that seems like so long ago. Now it's quite normal to get a pair for eight, nine hundred dollars. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. It's actually rare to get a pair for eight or nine hundred. Most high heels, Lubus and Manolos and some Jimmy Choo. Jimmy Choo is sort of at the bottom now as far as pricing. But. 50, yeah. you know, anywhere from a thousand to sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars. I just think, okay, first of all, I, I'm out because I don't like that, but I did just buy a pair of eleven hundred dollar Lubus, <laughs> which aren't even the Lubus. Heels. It's not like I can, no, but I have to two. say, no, can we, 
Go ahead. Can we let the, the the listeners know? Because when I saw when you sent me, you were reluctant to send me the photograph. Yeah. And when I saw the photograph, I thought somebody who works for Christian Abutan went to Sabago, Sabago, Sabago loafer shop yeah. and bought a pair and then put them on their desk and re I mean, they didn't really change anything. They just put a new penny. It's a classic yep. penny loafer. They've done them in brush off metallic leather. But there's nothing that special. I mean, with his red sole and this penny that says La Boutin on them, that's his version. But these are a classic that uh, I think Jackie Onassis used to wear them. Um, Audrey Hepburn used to wear them. They're just a classic Sebago and stitched loafer moccasin construction. And um, they make them for like 400 bucks. Yeah. So you're paying six, seven hundred dollars for a red sole. But see, I sound like such a downer You're saying right. these things, right, do I? Though. No, because smashing the image. No, yeah. because I think there's certain things. I mean, if you ask me, would I rather have uh, a pair of pumps or would I ha rather have a pair of loafers by Lubu? I would say pumps. They're yeah. just sexier. Um, but for some reason, I That's got it in pump. my head. These silver metallic, oh, I got to get them. They're yeah. so great. And I do honestly you like wouldn't flats lately. I, I used to wear heels. We love all the time, flats, but now I'm not love into flats. them. On dates. Well, yes. I love flats. Well, those leather soles will take a while to break in because they're quite rigid. And uh, but I mean, that's the whole thing of like. I mean, there's so many different categories of shoes. You know, that, those loafers are like Ivy League runaround college shoes, but they're you know being taken over by the Prada did their version now. You know, Lubu, yeah. Lubu, I love it. Lubu is doing his version. No, but I just want to jump in with a story which I really love was that I was working for that company in London who will remain anonymous. But at that season, we were into doing. Uh, espadrille type shoes so back in italy we got someone to research because you can't make a, an espadrille in a pump factory oh, you wow. same as you can't make a, a heavy boot in a pump factory you have to source a boot factory or you have to source in a, a, an espadrille factory so they found one and we get in the car this is to, to, for the design for the company in london and i had the sketches ready uh, it was kind of a variation on a classic from Spain, but we needed to because we didn't want to go all the way to Spain to make three styles, you know, so you find somewhere local. So we get in the car, we go off to this factory and it was on the outskirts of Florence. I'll be brief because it is such a funny story. And it was a woman. I wish I had photographs. She was wearing a, a, a house coat, you know, with flowers all over it, like a granny in a kitchen. <laughs> so her house... Yeah, her house was here and her factory with about 10 old ladies was over here and it was all in this little plot of land and there were chickens. There were literally chickens walking around the garden. And so I was kind of like, what the hell is going on? It was like <laughs> something. From, no, no, this is a true story. Uh, the agent who would make money on this if, if we get production. We went in and we talked about the designs and she was nodding like, yeah, yeah, no problem. That's a really simple thing for us to make. We've been making espadrilles for years. So there were chickens around her as we're talking, right? And there were lovely chickens. Uh, it was summer. So the door, yeah, but the doors are open. And then we started. And so she said, well, if you want to come back next week, we'll have some prototypes ready for you. 
So I left the sketches. And as we turned, now we went back there about another three or four times, and we did end up making two styles production. Can I say this? This is kind of crazy. Yeah. There was one column. Yeah. There was one column of boxes that were Jimmy Choo. And the price and everything was $700, 700 pounds sterling. And they were the same shoe. It's just the label was different. Yeah. So then there was, another, there was another store in London that I think went out of business. It's called Fenwick's. Yep. And uh, same shoe. There was no difference. And that was um, 77 sterling. Wow. So 77, yeah. And so you are literally, you get the two shoes. They look exactly, they're made in the same place. But the Jimmy Choo had this, they had, a, they had did have a different lining. Because they're, they're, they shipped in their beautiful biscuit-colored lambskin. Right. And then the other one was just the regular, you know, sand-colored calfskin. But uh, embossed with two different brand names. But everything else was exactly the same. That's amazing. You can always give me advice on this because I would rather save in a lot of ways. I see myself becoming more practical, even though I hate the word practical, but that is just exactly. Yeah. Well, that's exactly 500, you know, $600, you know, and at the end of the day, and can I just say, I would have bypassed both of those styles and gone straight to Castanier, which is the original that can, um, espadrille maker. And in Spain, you can get a pair of espadrilles for like 30 bucks, 40 bucks. I mean, so, you know, it's like, but Prada will probably go to Spain with their fabric and make it and charge $900. Amazing. It's a, it's a circus. It's, it's a cycle. I feel bad even saying that, but I don't care if Jimmy Choo fucking come after me. I saw that. (laughs) Chickens, chickens running around the factory. I love it. You know, that's so great. Oh. But um, where did that come into relationships, or were you, are we are on a different topic now? Oh yeah, we we moved to fashion. We can circle back because we can cut and splice if you want, or we can just call it a a moment. Well, no, I just think that that's all kind of part of the collage of this dream yep. that the white and shining armor of I carry. I mean, I remember once and I, and I was kicking myself. You always remember the things that got away. There was a really sweet little Goodwill store on the edge of Florence. And I used to stop in on my way home and they had a big Prada handbag and it was, it was made of deer skin, which was gorgeous, very plush, thick. Um, it was, you know, and so when you put it down, it was two double straps. So you'd wear it over your shoulder. But when you put it down, it was very practical. And it had the triangle and everything enamel. And um, it was kind of biscuit color. And it wasn't that it wasn't used very much. And I said, wow, it's a Prada. And she said, yeah, it's 15 euros. Now, 15 euros is like $8 or something, right? This bag was probably like $1,000 easily, easily. And, um, and I just said, I really want to buy it. And she said, I'm so sorry. The woman, she she came in last week and she wanted it and she put a sticker on it. She she It's kind of reserved. And um, I just couldn't believe. So I said, can I come back next week? And she said, yeah, if it's not sold by next week, if she hasn't come back and collected it, you can have it for, you know, for nothing. So the following, 
the following week I didn't go back. Oh, why? I know, I know, it's a stupid thing. But then I went back the following week and I said, is the bag here? And she said, you didn't come back? And so we took the, the, the reserved sign off and it sold immediately. But I, I mean, just for me to pick up this bag for fucking... Do you know, you realize what it is. It is basically something to carry your possessions in. Yeah. A paper bag does the same thing. I know, but it doesn't look as cool. Sometimes. Sometimes. I don't know. I mean, I, Hermes, think, I think a canvas yeah. bag can look chic. Sometimes I use a canvas bag. There's a re there's a restaurant slash organic cafe in Notting Hill, and I got a bag from there yeah. that's cloth, I and I that. use it all the time, all the time. It, it, to me, well, it I love chic. that it's from Notting. Yeah, <laughs> I love that it's from Notting Hill, honey. Yeah, but I, I just jumped that. That's a lovely one as well. I remember this woman that I thought, you know, I really founded this person and I was living in Venice. It was there for two years and it was pandemic was coming up to finish and was over and we could go out shopping again. And I thought, you know, and I was coming back to live in Ireland. And I thought, I'm really fond of this woman and I'd like to just give her this bag. And I thought the easy, and I had not been, and I don't shop ever. I've never bought, I'm proud to say, ever bought anything in Louis Vuitton. I just can't stand that brand. It's a fascist French brand that is just so crazy. I, agree. Um, I don't Elise, have anything. Well, it's just Louis, Louis, you know, Elise French fascist. Keep out those poor black people out of our stores uh, at all costs. Um, anyway, they, um, I go in thinking, I'll just get the really simple throw everything in shopper because it's online it's two straps of leather i mean that can cost i mean it would probably cost seriously 70 dollars 70 euros to make that in a in a factory wow i mean really maybe you, you spend 50 dollars on the materials so it should cost no more than 100 dollars to make that in a factory in italy and uh, i go in and it was like a security man just to, I, I was in sloppies. I didn't care. But they were like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. And they said, well, can we help you? And so they called a person down to come and kind of escort me around the store. I felt really invaded. But anyways, I'm here to look at that online shopping bag with the two straps of Vaquetta leather. And he said, yeah, I have two. And he pulled them up and he put them on the, on the desk. And uh, one was in brand, the classic brand, and, and um, yeah, the little brand. Logo. Yeah, and the other one was black and gray. And I said, uh, oh, yeah, I'm kind of undecided which one to go for. Do you mind if I take a photograph? He said, here, have a catalog. And I said, I actually don't need a catalog. I just like to take the photograph to decide, and I'll be back. And I took a photograph of them, and I said, how much are these? 3,200 euros. Which is how much in, in and that's how much in, in dollars. It's like forty two hundred. Four thousand dollars for an unlined throw everything in shopping bag. Isn't that crazy? And sorry, that canvas bag that you got in Notting Hill does exactly the same thing. Yeah. But you see, I've just burst the bubble of somebody's fashion dream that if I pay four thousand dollars and do go to, you know, Whole Foods and buy my my food that, you know, I'm going to meet the Prince Charming and he will yeah. believe that I'm, you know, I don't know what it's the fantasy 
4,000 bucks for a fucking bag. You know what I love is that book you told me about uh, luxury has lost its luxury. Luxury has lost luxury its has, luster. Uh, yeah. And it has on the front uh, of it yeah. a Prada yeah. McDonald's French fry uh, container, you know? But I yeah. think today yeah. with the logos and TikTok and Instagram and everybody, you know, Louis Vuitton used to be about 30 years ago something very, very you know, established and royal and regal. And now when you see it, you just think it's garbage. It's garbage. Everyone has it. It's all over the subways. It's all over Canal Street. Canal Street right now, I don't know the last time you were down there, is thousands of people from from Canal to about Walker Street. Thick, thick hordes of people and tons of fake bags. More than I've ever seen before in my life. And there's people, women with their butts in the air, just pulling shit out, you know, looking, holding it up. And you're driving by thinking, you know, this is amazing that 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 is still to buy a fake bag or to even sacrifice your whole paycheck for that Louis Vuitton bag. Insanity. The real one. Yeah. Well, the real one. The genuine one. So you can hold on. Well, for certain styles, you see, for the the simple shopper (laughs) online and they're genuine, it's kind of difficult to tell them apart. That's why they have to keep coming up with new ones because they're difficult to copy. Mm. And you will 10000 I mean, seriously, $10,000, $20,000 for a bag. Mm-hmm. You know, that one, I think it's the million dollars for the bag where all the hardware is pave diamonds. And But what I want to say, really, and this is the part that's so funny, is that, you know, you're New York, I'm in Europe, it wasn't until I got to the Far East that I realized what this is all about. Like they put on a fashion show in Paris or New York, and they spend a million dollars doing that, and it's to keep the image going. Yep. China, India, Japan, they're eating up that shit. Mm-hmm. So when you go there and you walk around, you realize these people are believing us and they are spending and serious money. So, you know, Europe is not even, it's so funny. No, can I just say, I worked in in an office in Japan that I didn't realize what was going on until they explained it to me. Okay, this is not, I'm not making this up. Women would arrive in the office and do their makeup. Then they have the day. Mm -hmm. Then before they go to lunch, they do their makeup. They go and have lunch. They come back, they do their makeup. Then they do their makeup again before they go home. Mm -hmm. And then when they get in, they clean their face of everything and start again so they're putting on four faces of makeup and they explained a lot of the makeup they wear is bleached to make their skin look european Mm. i'm sorry i'm that just yeah and so all the magazines are so like logoed dior prada the big ones you know and they just can't churn them out enough the handbags, the makeup, the perfume, they're huge consumers and they're eating up the stuff. I mean, that stuff in Canal Street is pennies. That's that's nothing compared to what's really going on in a country of two billion people. Oh, my God. You know what I realized it the most is in Florence because the Chinese are basically infiltrating Florence. There are so many people that are at the stores there buying like maniacs dressed to the nines you know, head to toe, dripping in diamonds and everything you can imagine. I see a lot of Louis Vuitton there. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely mind blowing in a lot of ways. It really is. And then you see I, these people yeah. on TikTok mm -hmm. talking about how to use their bag and how to carry their bag and how to sell your bag once you've had it, once you're over it, you know? It's a whole world that really I haven't been involved in now in about six years, but it was so funny. Seriously, Tanya, about maybe 15 years ago, 18 years ago, I, I mean, anybody who came to Florence, we would do this. We would get in the car and drive into the Tuscany, into the countryside and go to the Prada. What was the Prada outlet? Yeah. And it was literally one big kind of building and it was really basic. And then we didn't go there for about four or five years. And, went, and I heard, I went back, it's like going to Frankfurt Airport. Wow. It's gigantic. And it has Mew Mew, it has Prada, it has a restaurant, and it's seriously slick. They make more money in that place because people go there and they buy. And there was a big sign on the wall. And it, I, I mean, they couldn't say it in a way, Asians, but it was, it was like segregation. They just oh, wow. didn't want too many Asians in the shop at the same time. Because when they went in, they would cry or they would get so overwhelmed and they would buy, there was a limit to how many, they would buy some like 25 handbags at a time. Oh my God. They would just get overwhelmed and go crazy. And I mean, I saw this, I really did. Because you're given a ticket, you're given a number and you can go around and they just scan. It's so slick. So if you like something and you buy it, they, you don't have to carry it with you. It's all waiting for you at the checkout. And I saw people who were buying like, you know, $25,000, $30,000 at a time. Oh, my God. Okay, this is it's seriously blowing my mind. Jesus. Oh, no, it's worth seeing. It is actually worth seeing. I la the last time I went, I sent you some photographs. I went there with a friend of mine from New York. She's obsessed with Prada. And we left with about six big shopping bags. But at the other country, you know, like the woman beside us was buying. I mean, they were almost like trying to put a limit because I, I think they buy 10 or 12 bags at a time. Jesus. And then they bring them back to wherever and sell them. Wow. You know. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for talking us to us more on fashion this week. And I'm going to definitely keep you in mind for our next caller's fashion questions because I know we have a lot coming in right now just because it's fashion week and everybody's looking at everyone's body and what they're doing and, you know, Milano, fashion. And, you know, Kendall Jenner and Bad Bunny and all these people. I don't even know who the fuck they are. I don't know if you're familiar, but... Yeah, it's it's great to talk to someone who's been there. And when you describe it, it sounds so beautiful. It doesn't sound like how I see it now oh. in the masses. You know, when you were when you were in the fashion well, world, I, I see. different. Yeah, thank you, Tanya, because I, I, I kind of reluctantly hold back because I don't want to be a, a downer. But it's really amazing to think that circus is going on twice a year mm -hmm. to keep this machine going. And the part that I find a problem is that the world is burning and we can't keep this machine up. But nobody is willing to, like Anna Wintour should go out on stage at some point and say, listen, honey, yeah, you know, that fur coat that you bought last year, don't throw it out. Wear it again. Yeah. I mean, she should go why, on stage why? and say a lot of things like take off those dark glasses and let us see your eyes. What are you hiding? 
<laughs> She's a robot. <laughs> Thank you for talking to us on that. I'm gonna. Oh, um, yeah. I'm gonna Did welcome you, you back anytime you want to talk. Well, I I just hope that the caller callers are happy that we we touched on something that makes sense. But um, yeah, there's more to say there because I have so many of those funny stories that seem sort of funny, but as the planet is burning and yeah. it's not funny. I mean, really. So it's, imagine I live yeah, this whole fear of looking like you're poor. That's the funny thing. Imagine looking poor. And that is that word poor can be open in interpretation. Yeah. Very much. God so. forbid. Yeah. But can we have a chat? Yes, let's have a chat after this. We'll say goodbye to Talk to Tall and um thanks for tuning in this week. We look forward to hearing your questions and call us back again. Thank you, Morris. Always a Ciao Talia. Ciao ciao. Ciao ciao. Thank you for listening to Talk to Tall. If you are feeling like you need help to find your truth, please shoot us an email with your question to talktotalia at gmail.com. It's T-A-L-K, the number two, T-A-L-L-I-A at gmail.com. You'll never know your truth unless you ask for it. <laughs>